Ready, ready, ready? Feeling hot, hot, hot. Is that good? Hot, Good level? Yeah, sure. Feeling hot, hot, hot. (laughs) Okay, we're doing the intro now. Today on the Geek Up Podcast, we've reached maximum hister with... Hipster. (laughs) Hipster. (laughs) Today on the Geek Out Podcast, we've reached maximum hipster with the crowdfunding launch of a Bluetooth cassette recorder. The first trailer for Disney's Mulan has dropped, and I'm not just saying that because I'm Asian. I'm saying it because I'm married to a Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) Kanye. Kanye? Kanye. Kanye. Kanye shows you what I like. Kanye West. Kanye West wants to build low-income housing inspired by Luke Skywalker's home on Tatooine. We finally know what Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul have been up to, and it's not what you think or I thought. And Picard's new number one is a really good boy. (laughs) He's such a boy. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. Oh, we're off the rails already, and it's beautiful. Hi, everyone. This is the Zones Geek Out podcast, episode 41. We record this on Thursday, July 11th, 2019. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boy Tano. Kirsten, can you stop taking off your clothes <laughs> in this podcast? <laughs> so hot. I'm sticky she's and sweaty. <laughs> yeah, she's schwitzing over there. I'm just stripping. Left, Jeez. Wow. I'm DJ Boy Tano. I was wondering uh, why you get Kirsten out of my <laughs> eye line. <laughs> when Bud actually. takes off his clothes, it's okay. No, it's yeah, just always just a top layer. <laughs> and that's all she took off was a top layer? That's because he's sex meister. Oh, stop. Yeah, you're right. We're used to it. You can hear me every weekday afternoon in the zones mixtape <laughs> on the afternoon zone i'm almost you know i host that afternoon zone it's so good to be back after two weeks of not being here you guys i missed doing this and uh, truly and i listened to both pods like as soon as they came out like i was like refresh 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 so i could listen to them really like it was really good and you know what i want to pay you all a high compliment i didn't miss me at all <laughs> well, you were in the second episode that you weren't here for. So true. That's true. That. So when you listen to the podcast, do you listen for yourself then? No, I listen because I enjoy the content. Okay. Clearly, right? Like that's what I mean. I was listening to it without me. You just sounded really surprised. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a joke. Art, <laughs> Art Aronson. Yes, I'm a reporter for the Q in the Zone here, and also co-host of Between the Stammers podcast uh, wherever you found this podcast <laughs> i mean you didn't really have to interrupt me anyway because i'm kirsten james period no say the more and uh, well, you we can hear really... me tonight on the weekend no you can't because it's probably not gonna come up till tomorrow oh you still can no wait it's not the weekend fuck see this is why i don't say more just There's listen uh, on the weekend zone for kirsten james generally always a weekend coming on around the bend there kirsten <laughs> no matter when they're listening to this so. oh my goodness yeah um, this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, the world's first Bluetooth 5.0 cassette recorder. And the best part about it is what it's called. The name of this thing is It's Okay. Aww. That's great. It is literally like a Walkman-style cassette player recorder with Bluetooth, so you can listen through your Bluetooth headphones or your Bluetooth speaker. Mm. It comes with a C60, which is a 60-minute blank cassette tape, so you can record stuff on it as well. And... It has all of the perfect hallmarks of, I think, me, 
uh, as a guy who loved cassettes and made a bazillion mixtapes and was so into that and can take a cassette apart and put it back together blindfolded. Um, but this, there was a deal breaker for me in that the It's Okay is monaural, as in it, it's just a single channel in both headphones, as in it's not stereo. And even though tape quality was always sort of potato, that's where I learned about and got so obsessed with this, you know, this the stereo, um, not specular. What do you say with that? Anyways, stereoness, and and the sound going in in both ears, and not the crazy Beatles, something on the left, something on the right, like Pink Floyd, and so many great effects and atmospheric, just the world building of stereo sound. I won't be able to get this from. Yeah, it the, sounds it's like okay. you you really want a cassette tape. <laughs> to wanna... replicate those beautiful stereo sounds of Pink Floyd. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. It just seems redundant. I don't. I don't quite get it. It just seems perfectly millennial hipster because it was there. I uh, want. I want a disc man. Fuck yeah, the cassette tape. Anti skip. Uh, I was filling in for Dylan this week but when you brought this to the weekly geek out on the morning show and I didn't want it like on the radio shit on this too badly but <laughs> is this the second time yes, you've done this, this yeah. is exactly right, you'll exact just, uh, thing uh, put your microphone near my belt so you can unhear it being undone so I can shit upon this Don't point do, okay, Ew, why did you actually put it down there why did you participate in that Art, why, did you, Art, Art, why did you listen to Paul Art, that's good playing along ask that's you to do sexual things you always do them without question like some guy asked you to get into a hot tub on Tuesday and take off your clothes and you started moving yeah. until it like processed in your brain no, in my defense I did not know that's where he was going with it okay <laughs> Wait, and when Paul sure. asked you to put the microphone near his nether regions where do you think that was I'm going? An agreeable person. <laughs> anyway, that's good. That's yes, and I appreciate. It. Okay, continue your shit upon. Sorry. You told me that this thing reached five hundred percent in its crowdfunding. Yes. From what idiots? Who do you want? Why do you want this? Internet millennial idiots. I know, but there's nothing good about this. The tape cassette. I get it, like, to have a collection of those maybe in your house is like hipster nonsense to show off your sweet, very unique, I have a tape cassette collection. But, like, why would you want this thing to, like, walk around? You have one of those, a phone, already. Right, you have a phone that has every song ever made. Like, there is nothing good about a cassette tape. It's the, 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 the limited... Uh, capacity of a record or a CD or of anything else, okay, as well as it's like clunky and shitty. Like, I understand wanting to have it, like, I've got it in my house. I'm gonna put on a tape cassette. Isn't it bad? Isn't it worse than vinyl? Isn't it be like worse even sounding than MP3s? Isn't this dumb? I'm a hipster. But like, this is. To have the experience of walking around, listening in your Bluetooth headphones to your cassette tape? No For sense. what reason? 505% funded with 24 days remaining, 768 backers, 84,354 Canadian dollars pledged of their $16,698 goal. That's enough. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Shut down all crowdfundings forever, or at least until herpes is cured. That's what I say, all right? <laughs> For anyone to be throwing any amount of money at this, when I'm not even going top shelf like cancer. I'm saying herpes, simplex one and two plus chicken pox. Cure that virus before you do any of this hipster bullshit ever again. You've ruined it. Yep. No more GoFundMes. You're done. Yeah, let's bring back stereo boom boxes too, so we can carry them on our shoulders, right? Yes. Yeah. So basically, 
you're lying to me on the on the, the geek out. When I when you happen to be in the room when Dylan's away, you're in for Dylan and you're recording the geek out. All that positivity is fake. That was me being a professional on the radio. Wow, well done. Bud, sounds okay. great. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. <laughs> I'm like, here now, I think we can be a little honest. Wow. This thing is absolute shit and nonsense. <laughs> Garbage, I say. Well, that's the geek how out. Much, wait, how much wait, how much is it? Uh, ninety-eight dollars oh, Canadian. <laughs> so much. Like for your thing, like, it's not mono. Are you kidding? You take it from a guy that has created a show on his own called The Mixtape. Mm. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> I, I did. Thank I've you, had. Brian. I've had a band uh, come to me, and I really hope they don't listen to the geek out. Oh, if dear. You do, I'm very oh, sorry. Dear. But they came to me once, or they dropped off something for me at the radio station. They and they oh. some bands they they do some really cool, unique things to get my attention to listen to new music as the music director. Uh, one of these bands put their new song on a cassette tape oh. and then they had their their cassette tape completely and I thought it was like oh cool it's one of those cassette tapes with a USB mm. fold out thingy. oh right yeah it wasn't it was actually dubbed onto a cassette tape and it was like well there's no way I'm fucking listening to this yeah there's no way I can in yeah. this radio station we have no cassette players anymore no we have no cassette we packs. lost our last one about a decade ago so it was like uh, <sighs> you know I didn't hear their song. I think too that like there's a perception that maybe as radio people or as like audio focused people that we would have the collection of like every audio device ever made. Like our house, our basements are full of like we've got a mini disc player and a cassette player and every vinyl Dax. thing and like yeah, right? And it's just like <laughs> that's simply not the case. No. We even we have no nostalgia for this shitty shitty like I'm sure some radio people do have that. But in general, we're human great. beings too. And yes. we've got limited space in which to live like everybody else. Yeah, so Probably I don't have more a... because so we're in radio. We don't even right. have like a CD player in the station anymore. Like we have our computers to put a CD in. Mm, that's true. You are a dedicated den index. Yeah. To, to like, to a bit piggyback on Brian's point too. Yeah, bands will give me CDs even. Mm. And I'm like, I do not have a laser in my house. <laughs> There's no optical drive because I literally tossed my DVD player. Yeah. My old computer, I don't think even has one. Like I you don't, don't have, have it in my house. I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't even have a, like a laser for the crowd. No, she's what? a cat, she's a she's a catnip mouse girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, well I'm I'm pulling the pin on that one with this. Um, so sorry, bud. No, hey, that's honestly that's fine and hilarious because y'all are right. It's a pretty dumb idea. Um, but I've been making these cue sheets for this thing so we can try and follow on, along with some semblance of. Uh, Organization since probably about episode four of this thing. And even though I put things into sections, we never really section things in the show. So I think we're going to try it this time. Let's. And, and yeah, so here's, here's a section. Everybody, okay, on the count of three, everybody make a noise. Make the noise that'll be like the section divider, okay? okay. One, two, three. <laughs> Coming soon. That was really good. Maybe we should just... That would be the sound for all of it. That was great. Okay. Yeah, so coming soon. We're gonna oh, just going to talk about all the trailers and things that we Let's saw we that were that, coming out. <laughs> What'd you say? Let's see if we can beat that in post. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's pretty good the way it is. Um, yeah, what of the one, two, three, four, five trailers that uh, I have on here um, should we talk about first? 
Top Rattle down. them down. Go. Let's go down the list. Alphabetically. Okay. So alphabetically, alphabetically. for the love of reverse me. alphabetically. Okay. Not counting the word. We're the. not. We're not racist. So let's start with Mulan. Let's go by race. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coming soon. By race. C is for Chinese. Okay. Disney. <laughs> Disney's Mulan, the 2020 live action remake. Uh, what is it? What is it? What is it going to be? Uh, March 27th, 2020. Uh, first trailer dropped, and I have... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking, like, nobody can see us. I think we should clarify that, that we're not all white people in here going, C is for Chinese. Like, art is Swedish. We know that. But, uh, <laughs> Thai, he's a Thai Swede. <laughs> just so everybody knows, look us up. We're not just a bunch of white and people. And I have had people come up to me at remotes and events and be like, I totally thought you were a white guy. <laughs> You sound white. Because we have, like, and we have listeners like uh, Paul from Ontario last week. I know his name wasn't Paul. (laughs) It's true. Everywhere I go, they're like, I thought you were a nerdy white guy. Yeah, Yeah. hilarious. Just just before you know, three out of five of us, and probably in two out of five of us. And I really am married to a Chinese. Anyway, anyway, Jesus. anyway, backpedal, 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 backpedal. No, you know, I think that's a good call. I think we'll quickly bring this up is that I think probably around episode four, it was just the three uh, Asians that were in here and mm-hmm. we went over this. Art is Thai. Uh, Brian's Filipino. I'm half Chinese. Yeah, and we went over this when we were talking about Black Panther. Oh, that's why. That's why. Right. <laughs> your Asian descent gave you yeah, like right. license. You didn't have to check Black your Panther. privilege. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, indeed. Okay. Okay. So anyway, go back sorry. And to that. The, Mulan, the Mulan trailer is out, and I, I, you know what? I'm sorry. I love Disney. I have just been completely against all of these um, these remakes, these redos, these reimaginings, as they call them, the Beauty and the Beast. I haven't seen it. Aladdin, I haven't seen it. Lion King, I don't intend to see it. Mulan was like a super special affecting movie for me as a Chinese kid. Um, and I was just as up in arms when I heard that this one was coming out with a remake. And now I'm not sure. Mm. I think I kind of want to see this. I was so hyped. I saw the trailer and I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. All of the yeses. So, but then you and Kirsten too, you're fans of the original Mulan. Hugely. But you're not concerned that there's no Eddie Murphy dragon. No. Well, there was not really an Iago in uh, Aladdin, which I didn't really like. I wish Iago in Aladdin was more of like Iago and not just a parrot. I think Gilbert Godfrey did a Me Too, though, and he's not allowed to be in things anymore. Uh, yeah, I yeah think. but Alan Tudyk did a great job. Alan Tudyk is like the replacement for anyone. Oh, if anybody absolutely. ever needs he's to fantastic. leave, they're like, Alan Tudyk. That's true. Now, why do you bring that up specifically about Mushu? Oh, just because that's the criticism I have seen is that people are like, where's Mushu? I, look, don't get me wrong. I am not a fan of Eddie Murphy voicing really anything. He's the worst part of the Shrek series to look me. Look at my twitching. Yeah. yeah, that's enough of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love him in Mulan. I get why he's there for but I kind of liked that it was like this mystical dragon creature, though. I thought yeah, that was could, cool. I mean, this is just a teaser. There that's could the still is be like, a Mushu. Do we know? I don't know anything about the, per, the actual production of this, but do we know that there's not going to be a Mushu in this? Wikipedia. No has hinted that there will be a Mushu type of something or other. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't remember the exact the exact uh, details of it. What I liked about the trailer and about this movie is just 
bring us back some old good good old you know bow and arrows and yeah oh it looked so bad swords yeah. and it stuff looked like, like that Disney I love that action movie right like right. we have like Disney fantasy but this one like with the fighting and like the choreography looked amazing yeah. Yeah. and it just like it looked so fucking badass and I think now is a great time to tell the story of Mulan to have this like badass female character because the thing is like they're kind of back Disney in uh, in Aladdin and even in Beauty and the Beast they kind of have changed the arc of those female characters because they're going back and they're like okay this whole like princess saving the princess thing we need to change this so they've changed it like they added that stupid song in Aladdin so now the princess saved herself but we Um, never had that in Mulan but Exactly. Mulan was always that movie, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she was always the badass that was going to go rescue her family and do her duty, and she didn't want to, you know, just sit around and, and get married off. So, like, this is the perfect movie for Disney to be making right now that they don't necessarily have to make a lot of story tweaks to. Yeah. Although I do understand there are going to be an, a couple of things. Brian mentioned a character change. They're going back to the name in the original story, which is Wa Mulan as opposed to Fa Mulan. They simplified it for the for the cartoon, hmm. um, just like the original family name from the from the short story. Um, so yeah, it's it's not going to be a shot for shot. I hope. You know, I would love to see some adaptation in how this is done. And, you know, she doesn't actually, Mulan doesn't actually cut her hair, as does happen in the cartoon. Like, she's out there on the battlefield with the Huns and everything with her ridiculously not uh, very practical uh, hair flowing everywhere. But um, it looks so good. Now, the actress mm-hmm. that they chose looks amazing as Mulan. And yeah. she, I think, is... Um, like a Chinese actress, like all her other movies that she's been in um, so, are Chinese language. So I think this might be her first English language movie. Hmm. Almost. Almost? Almost. Uh, her, so her name is Liu, Liu Yifei, and I'm going to do that Chinese thing where the family name generally goes first. She's known sometimes as Yifei Liu, but um, she's known sometimes as Crystal Liu. Um, but Liu is her last name. Yifei is her first name. She's 31 now, and when she was 20, I saw her in a movie called The Forbidden Kingdom with Jackie Chan and Jet Li. That's oh, yeah. where she's from. She is golden Sparrow. Oh my god! And she was an ass kicker. And she was 20 then. And she doesn't look much older now. And just as ass kicky in uh, in Mulan. Uh, I think they've made a great choice for her. Cool. So understanding that this is like one of your favorite Disney movies, I think what this uh, remake and readaptation could really benefit from is the fact that Mulan is not, I think, as beloved in the pantheon as, say, Aladdin or The Lion oh, King. certainly not. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, right? It's like, so... Uh, so no one will be shouting for a shot-for-shot shot remake the way we were wanting that kind of with Aladdin and now The Lion King coming I would out. think so, yeah. So we kind of like, because I, I probably saw Mulan once or twice as a kid. I, I get Mulan. it. I understand the general premise. But uh, I would love and be happy to see Disney like do as much as they possibly can without being shackled to the story beats and shot for shots of the original yeah, I very yeah. much agree I, I like the the tone that this teaser has mm-hmm. set and I really hope it keeps that tone and that's kind of what made me nervous about the idea of maybe bringing an Eddie Murphy type Mushu character yeah. into right. this to disrupt the tone yeah. Yeah. because like yeah I, I, as much as I did love Mulan as well I, like I don't think it really needs to be one of those things there's like oh yeah, yeah it was mainly for like nine degrees in for Christina Aguilera right. to have their time to shine in the soundtrack and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Right? That was a cartoon and so yeah. that was perfectly appropriate for a cartoon. Mm-hmm. This is not a cartoon. Yeah, you looks, look at this thing, whoa, they've gritted this thing up. It's like and a Disney yeah. action movie and I could be wrong, but it looks like they might not even make it a musical like they've been remaking. 
I, I, I don't be, think I would be totally for that. Yeah, honestly. I'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine with I that. I think they're taking the like, music out. Especially the with the story of Mulan uh, about it being very uh, a very empowering story. Mm. I think they could just get away with yep. doing that. You know? Agreed. Yep. yep. There's the audience for that for sure. Yep. All right, Jumanji. The next. Oh wait, I don't know if that's alphabetical. No, you, well, no, never mind. I thought we were going by race. <laughs> I forgot. I asked. Uh, uh, yeah, they're all. None of them are as Chinese. So yeah, let's just just just, just go with Jumanji. <laughs> well, Akira. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's true. Although we don't have a trailer for Akira. We just have, we got, we got a leak from, uh, not a leak, but it, somebody found the link from backstage to all of the casting for Akira. Are we going to talk about this now? I guess yep. so. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it's no longer the coming soon section. It's the Chinese section. Uh, no, it's, it's just Japanese. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um, they all look the same anyway. Oh! Whoa. Somebody went there and it was the white girl. The whitest okay. person. Somebody had to say it. <laughs> I was going to say, no, I'm not, but I'm part German, so yeah. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, so yeah, there was a casting that was found. It's in my blood. That does not specifically say that it is Akira. It's uh, under, it's, the code name is uh, Box 28, I think. And so there was a casting call for all the characters. All the names are changed. It just seems to be like a Hollywood thing. But if you look at the names, you look at the ages, you look at the characterizations, this is the casting for the Warner Brothers Taika Waititi um, Akira remake, which will be coming out in... Is it live on, action? Yeah, live action on May 21st, 2020. Hmm. Um, the manga for Akira uh, was out between 1982 and 1990. The movie, which was like the groundbreaking, you know, Japanese animation movie, came out in 1988. Um Streamline did an English dub in 1989. That's when I saw it, and then my mind was blown. Um, Pioneer did a redub in 2001 with some uh, newer, younger voice actors. I can't really get behind that one, but mm. I'm old. Just some changes. Just some changes in syllable stresses. Some of them make sense. Some of them don't. Mm. Um, the, I guess, main character in the in the original English dub is Kaneda. So it's K-A-N-E-D-A. Um, but Japanese-wise, you would normally put the stress on the first character, or on the first syllable, which is what they do in the remake. So it's Kaneda. But it sounds so much like Canada, I can't get around that. Right. Um, and in the in the first one, it's Tetsuo, so it's stress on the first syllable. In the second one, it's Tetsuo, which is not. Anyways, little things. I'm I I, I nitpick because I'm a big fan of the film. Um, but the film is set, by the way, in 2019, or the, oh, like after 31 years after uh, World War III started in 1988, when some sort of nuclear thing happened in Japan, which turns out to be the Akira test subject project thing i don't know we got i got way off track but anyways uh so yeah there is going to be uh casting is out for the akira movie and they are officially looking for asian people to play the part so boom, the, boom. Uh, let's go brian yeah but i heard I, the top <laughs> contender though was halle bailey <laughs> <laughs> or scarlett johansson okay back to coming soon jumanji <laughs> the next level looks like from the one viewing of the trailer you got the same, you know, you got the same kids that are outside the game, and then they get transported into the game, and then they're completely different people, like The Rock and Jack Black. Except something happens, and they get mixed up, and different people get into the characters, and honestly, uh, this looks like a pretty good premise. It. Really? Yeah, but so, it's, not, it's not the same kids, though. Like, yeah. it's two of the same kids, but then yeah, they have... Yeah, two of the same kids. Then they have... Uh, 
Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Yeah, and, and uh, some dads and grandpas no, in no, there. No, 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 Who's the other guy? Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Yeah. Like, it, 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 and it's just, of course, because it's The Rock and Jack Black who have those acting chops to pull off playing those characters. So it's The Rock's character and Jack Black who are Danny DeVito and uh, Danny Glover. Yeah. And it, it looks fucking hilarious. Oh, like, yeah. that little twist... When they when they get in there and they're like, oh no, we're back in the game, yeah, and then yeah. like the girl is like, whatever the kid's name was, like, hey, and then it's well, obviously and he's like, like, the one that's knows. the same is uh, the Nebula. Chick. Nebula. Yeah, whatever. That oh yeah, <laughs> Nebula. It like that twist. Like I when I saw the first Jumanji, like I wasn't hyped for it. I'm like, why are you making remaking Jumanji? Like it was a huge part of my childhood, and like it's Robin Williams again. It's hard to touch his movies. Yeah. And then I heard like it's gonna be in a video game. Yeah. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. It was great. Yeah, I loved so it. Good. It really? was such a good yeah. movie. Right. Um, so when I saw the trailer for this before I went to see Spider-Man, um, I was like, oh, fuck, what's this going to be? How are they going to? And they did it, man. They pulled it off just by putting Danny Glover and, and Danny DeVito in that. Like, It's a totally different movie, a totally different experience. I'm in for it. Well, just seeing Kevin Hart being like, like acting like Danny Glover, Danny Glover yep. is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So okay. funny. It's like face off for a new generation. Of <laughs> like, Good way to put it. And this is where The Rock really like excels. You know, he these like action, action comedy, comedy movies. Yeah. Yes. Like, and I think mm-hmm. that's that should be his niche. You know, like I know he's in all these Rock'em Sock'em movies, Fast and whatever, and he's good at that too. But I like him the most when he's doing comedic role. Well, that's these, what I was hoping Baywatch was. It never, yeah, never a lot of these action stars take themselves too too seriously and mm-hmm. so yeah The Rock's got a great niche in that uh, it's funny I actually saw a thing today saying something like please somebody introduce The Rock to a decent director because like all of his movies and this guy plows out movies never yeah. stops working this I is respect his own it. fault though I think I think it's true too he's gotta be a little like he is Probably the biggest, most bankable action star in the world right now. No, there's no probably about that, right? It's like, yeah, by by country mile. What is he doing still picking... For every Jumanji, there's like a Baywatch in there. <laughs> and what's that one where he's like jumping out of the building? It's like Skyscraper. Cow- yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? One, one legged Die Hard. And, and one, thing, yeah. And one legged su- Towering Inferno. He's supposed to and be like the Rampage next movie. Right. <laughs> he's billed as being like supposed to be the next action star like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yeah. Schwarzenegger has all these like iconic, great movies. The Rock doesn't have that yet. Not and he's really. He's done so many movies. Has he done a movie that it's going to stick out and be like, I remember that role. He's, he's the Terminator, you know? Yeah. The Rock doesn't have that yet. Same time, it. he's rich as fuck. Yeah. So, you know, we can complain about stand- the art of his decision. <laughs> yeah, right. But, like, sure, he, he's got plenty of time to do that. Mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope you're right about that. Because yeah. at this point, I think his standout for me is Moana. He's so good in that as a voice actor, like, of anything. Um, but uh, do you know what? I, I, didn't, I still haven't gotten around to the first Jumanji because, and I know, Kirsten, you say it's good. I've heard other people say excuse me say it's good but um if there's like a diametric opposite to uh, a draw that's what kevin hart is for me oh really yeah like i don't want to watch kevin hart i will avoid any of his movies at all costs really yeah i don't want him yelling at me i don't (laughs) think he's funny i don't like his jokes i like the rock very much jack black of course great but uh, it's Kevin Hart, and I know, and that's funny. I know because he is the draw. Well, for so many people, I think right? the funny thing is with when with them having now done three movies together, Kevin Hart is like the rock of comedy. 
as like The Rock is to action movies, right? I was gonna say he's like the new Chris Rock or Chris Tucker. Yeah, that's what he is. You can go to a movie theater. There's like there was like one year you can go to a movie theater and he's like, do you want to watch the Kevin Hart movie that came out this week or the one that came out last? <laughs> week? Yeah, right. You know, it's like he's just in movie after movie, comedy after comedy. And as you say, Brian, God bless him, and I hope he's rich and like oh he all is all success. Yeah. I know he crushes money. He fills stadiums with his stand up. I yeah. get it. I understand. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I know he's a draw. I know people love him, but whatever it is, and it's the same thing like Chris Rock I understand the genius behind his comedy I think he's great Chris Tucker please no <laughs> you just okay. don't like guys yelling at you it sounds like because these are all like honestly yeah that's not a bad comedian like I like good at what they do good what jokes is what I like and I find there's no good joke there it's just I'm making a funny voice and yelling I'm making a funny yeah. face the guy that well, yells a lot out. doesn't like the people that yell a lot <laughs> I didn't want to say it I'm I glad you hope said it that there's some substance to what I yell but that's I know it's interesting I, I'm sorry I don't like it I would say uh, give it a try because he's not the main character in the movie and you got okay. four other yeah, well, people. Jack Black is also yeah, balancing okay. it, at, balancing it out, and uh, Jack Black. Yeah, Jack Black kind of plays the funny other role. I won't spoil it in Jumanji, uh, the first one, but in this next one, mm. uh, it sounds like uh, Kevin Hart's not going to be yelling at you because he's going to be playing Danny Glover. Danny Glover's character. So yeah, Danny Glover's not yelling. I'm, I'm stoked to hear it, to see that. For sure. <laughs> All right, moving on with the coming soon's The Boys. I don't know where this came from. This is a series uh, coming out on Amazon Prime Video. And who sent that? Did you send it, yeah, Brian? Is this on the Yeah, it was me. Art, Art sent it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so you don't know what this is, Kirsten. Oh, we're down here. Okay, sorry. Oh, we're jumping around. We're just doing the coming soon. I'm going to rearrange yep, yep. this next week. But yeah, the boys, uh, The the it is the group. It seems the group of seven superheroes who just do not give a bleep. And wow, this looks great. It kind of looks like what Suicide Squad could could or should be good yeah. call. You well, because my interpretation from the trailer, like I was trying to figure out what the story is going to be for this. My interpretation interpretation of the trailer is that uh, there's the seven, which is kind of like the Avengers or like the uh, or the Justice League, like all these superheroes, really well known for being superheroes and saving the world, and the boys are sort of the anti group of them, who are. Um, not necessarily they're out to be the heroes yet, but out to take vengeance on the superheroes because there's a lot of collateral damage that they cause, right? There's that one character who is like with his girlfriend and the guy that has super speed accidentally ran through her when he's going down the street to chase like a criminal. And exploded right? her, severed her at the hand. Completely exploded her, yeah. So it's, it, this looks really cool, like a really cool story of like, oh, okay, well, the boys are going to come together and then fuck these superheroes up. Kind of had a Watchmen vibe. Kind of, yeah. I'll agree with you yeah. on that one, yeah. It was, yeah, just very unexpected. And, and Carl Urban is... You, oh, sure. Carl Urban looked great in there. And I'm just like, this is nothing I expected to see or be interested in, but I'm interested. Yeah. I think there's so much, like, hype around superheroes around the Avengers and all that that, um, like, the other side of superhero fatigue is, like, the interest and the, like, kind of the exploration of, like, oh, what would happen about what little subcultures would pop up? Oh, yeah, yeah. they would make mistakes and then uh, there would be people wanting revenge on them, but how do you take it for revenge on a superhero? Um, although some a lot of Marvel movies, weirdly, are, like, about that kind of. The yep. villain always seems to be someone who's mad at Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so be Becomes the supervillains themselves. That's often their motivation. Well, this one, Civil War was also about too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. As well as Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. As well as Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
Uh, but uh, this one is like, yeah, what if there was like this mercenary group for hire to get revenge on superheroes? And that's, you know, as much as I kind of have shut down all superhero properties aside from Marvel because I'm tired of it, that is an interesting proposition. Well, it's so a different maybe. exploration of a pretty large world and yeah. one that we, I think, are interested in because it's different. And yeah. it's Amazon putting more money into these cool TV shows, I think. Yeah, another one. CG did not look too janky in that one. Yeah. All right, one more trailer, then a poster, then we're out of coming soon. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Second trailer dropped, I believe it was today. And whoa, a bit more of a plot flesh out as to what happens and why she goes so silly. And I, it looks big and epic. Yes. <laughs> uh, we know we were, yeah, this is weird. We were discussing this off because, like, Ball and I are kind of different in that, like, I wasn't a huge fan of the Sleeping Beauty um, story in that it just maybe I was a little bit too young to appreciate it. Um, but I really did love Maleficent. Um, it uh, was a nice twist on the story and the, their own kind of take on it. Uh, and this looks interesting, too. Yeah, and I was the opposite of the, like, um, I love Sleeping Beauty. It is one of my top five favorite Disney animated movies of all time. It's certainly, by a lot, my favorite of the, like, classic Disney animated movies. Um, and a lot of that has to do with how amazing Maleficent is in that movie. I think that's a lot of people. Man, Brian, I think you got to rewatch this thing because that yeah. climax um, really, like, sets the stage for a lot of other big climaxes in uh, Disney movies. It's like uh, Maleficent turns into the dragon, yeah. which then, you know, you see shades of again in The Little Mermaid, which has an amazing climax when Ursula gets all big. Same with Aladdin when Jafar turns into the snake. You like things getting big. I do! That's all but Paul, not people yelling at him. You, it, it, Paul's movie <laughs> fantasy is at the end something gets really big. As long as I nobody did think is about though. That's sweet. I did think about the idea of like maybe I should revisit it because when I was uh, at Disneyland a few years back mm-hmm. and I was watching one of the water shows or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, mo- like they had it was like oh all these Disney villains are here to steal the magic from Mickey Mouse. Right. Maleficent was one of the big ones mm-hmm. like one of the most consequential ones in that story and just like they put her on a pedestal as one of the biggest villains in in uh, kind of like all the Disney stories so yeah. see she's the archetype for so many Disney villains to follow yeah is I think probably what I was trying to say there but um, and so it was interesting in that first Maleficent movie they kind of got that that she was like the coolest element um, and I think probably the most original elements yeah. you know uh, that Disney created for that cartoon and so it made sense that they were like really fleshing it out and making the movie about her but um, I you know I don't think I liked it it wasn't very memorable to me that first one and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they tried to turn her into a like complicated character who was good and then has motivations for doing what she does and blah 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 whereas as I remember and loves her from Sleeping Beauty she's just the mistress of evil she's just super badass evil sorceress I don't care how she got that way I just love that she is that way. I don't need people to like have a trauma done to them to make them turn evil. It's just like, okay, sweet. You wear all black and you have green fire and you have a staff and a crow is your friend and you get a bunch of orcs around you and live in a sweet old gnarly castle. Good enough. Woo. That's why we like. I don't need anything else. You know, that's just so, so I don't know. And this one is just more of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, meh. All right. 
And finally, not a trailer, but boy, oh, Bob, we got a poster for Star Trek Picard, which shows Admiral Picard and a good boy, oh. Nice little pupper sitting to his right near the sun is setting. And I'm sure it's vineyards out in the background. And it's just so heartwarming. And Kirsten, that video you sent of Patrick Stewart and his foster dog Ginger. melted, yeah. blew up, exploded my doggo, my recently doggo loving heart. Uh, my goodness, it was so great. You know what? I hope his dog is named in this uh, series. Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that Patrick Stewart. Like he's a huge uh, supporter of uh, pitbulls, and so it was really interesting to see that in this poster it is a pitbull. And so I don't know, and it's probably not that the that the actor dog is actually Ginger, his uh, previous foster dog. But I do like that he has. I'm sure chosen specifically oh, yeah. and asked for a pit bull to be in this TV show with him to like you know break the breed stigma and, and everything like that good guy Patrick Stewart that's going to be a very interesting dynamic because yeah I, I'm, it makes me wonder about this show is like is he going to be kind of a loner you know these days like a recluse trying to get away from stuff being Why dragged back into the politics Star for the yeah mm-hmm. right and so it'd be interesting to see him have like a dog to play off of he left, oh, he left Starfleet really because they uh, put in breed specific legislation oh <laughs> <laughs> can't have my dog fuck you <laughs> no matter the world he is an advocate for the pities that's adorable <laughs> All right, let's move on to a new section. What do we do? Like like big screen things, like the the things that run here and thing. Do you think? Do you think? Let's do things. Okay, okay. Well, count of three. Let's make a new noise to change the section. Okay, different noise. One, two, three. No. Oh, we oh. All right, that wasn't as good as the first one, but okay. Yeah, with some Star Wars stuff, we have the first look at the Sith trooper from the rise of skywalker and it's basically you took a stormtrooper and you give it the modern helmet and you dipped it in red paint and there we go that's oh exactly what god it sh- it's evil I'm let's sure- make it red <laughs> i'm sure there's more to it than that but it does look badass but it's a uh, basically it's a red just kylo ren have the line. Oh, hang on hang on hang on hello everyone the lunch ladies at reception the lunch lady. Gosh, she's pretty late. The lunch lady is late. Thanks, Mary. Oh, Almost the dear. dinner lady. Oh, there we go. Doesn't Kylo Ren have like some line where he's done with the Sith? He's done with the Jedi? And yeah. There's a Sith stormtrooper. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe it's not his. I was going to say, does it have else's. to do with Kylo Ren specifically? You know? Yeah, that's right. Oh. Don't forget that Palpatine is coming back. Look at Papa digging everybody! Oh my god. It's a spooky voice. <laughs> um, uh, hang on though, Chris. Before Mary so rudely Bill interrupted you. you. She always interrupts me. I know. It's like she knows. She, she yeah, told no me kidding. that she That's hates weird. Fuck. Um, what were you? You were grumbling something fierce over there. What's I your was deal? I saying, fuck this. <laughs> Do tell. Well, like, what the fuck are they red for? Like, uh, like it's like somebody was like, "Oh, my, my lightsaber is red, and I like matching things." <laughs> so let's make you red too. I got your spooky voice. I caught it somehow. I've never heard of a Sith trooper before. I don't know. I don't know where this came from. I mean, from. I'm, Why I'm is this a Sith trooper. Sure, that's cool. But like, what is the fuck? it though? I don't know. I think it's like I think it's it's a cool, new com- like, it's a new compound word. You know. It's, okay. It's like it's like if they were like it's like when people make environmentally friendly things they're like let's make it green because right. the environment is right. a trooper like an orc just like 
it's there to get beat up on. Cannon fodder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, and not hit anything. Well, Chris, yeah. I'm gonna um, blow you away right now by complimenting the prequels and describing like what is a problem with the sequel series and what is a problem with Star Wars in general that I hope is goes away pretty soon. But um, because those first movies came out and everyone likes them a lot, and they had like particular things in them. You're talking about episodes one, two, and three. No, no, no. Uh, four, five, six. Oh, four. Okay, right. Anything that's in those is great and is Star Wars to fans. Anything that's in the prequels or anything that's, in fact, different at all is like, this isn't Star Wars. And that's the problem with the prequels is is that though they were, they were very original, that's one wonderful thing that George Lucas has even said, that he doesn't want his movies to always be the same thing. And whether that's you know motivated by just trying to sell more and different toys and creating new creatures and new characters and new vehicles and all this stuff, those prequels were so different. And I think it's probably... Unfortunately, like a problem with the execution of them, the fact that they're all in shitty era 1999 CGI and they look so terrible, but the design is not bad for a lot of them, and it just happens that they happen to be in terrible movies, but if those creatures and, and, and uh, vehicles and ships and all that were in good movies, we'd probably like them just the same, and going into these sequel movies, we'd probably be open to the idea of a different bunch of ships different looking troopers different looking I don't know anything something beside the Millennium Falcon running around constantly but if it doesn't have the Millennium Falcon and then a Stormtrooper and then a Star Destroyer and then a TIE Fighter you know now people are like oh, 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 not so fast is this back into prequel territory doesn't feel like Star Wars I don't like this so then you're trying to make new and different movies all the time you're trying to be creative but you can you know Disney and Kathleen Kennedy or whoever is like I have a Here's a Star Wars box. Do not go so far outside. And then so JJ said, and they're like, um, okay, well, I, uh, how about it's red instead of white? Okay, different color. That's good enough, I guess. Do you see what I'm saying? No. This is weird coming from you, you, but I see what you're saying. I don't see what your rant is saying at too, all. I think I, he, I think what I Paul it. is saying is that too many people are like Paul and <laughs> and believe only that the canon of four, five, and six are the universe, yeah. and any deviations from that are mm-hmm. causing people to make the spooky voice and not like it. So instead of making a new-looking stormtrooper, they just have the same stormtroopers that but are But they rat. do look slightly Ding. different. They don't want to, like... Do, but not too different. They modernized the helmet, right. and yeah, they dipped him in red paint. They don't want to rile up the ire of internet fanboys, right? So they're just giving them exactly what they want, feeding them their pablum. Here you go. Here's your bottle, you stupid fucking sucking goat. <laughs> Baby idiots. Suck, 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 suckle down your Star Wars. Whoa. Okay. Oh, Crying this tastes like the Star Wars I had when I was 13 years old. Okay, that's good. Don't give me anything new. Okay, the milking from my goat sucker is red now, but okay, that's fine. Oh, I read a really good thing this week about what the blue milk tasted like. Sugar, probably. Yeah, it was very sweet. Apparently, it was like this thing called uh, like... Uh, doesn't go bad milk or something because it like yeah it's got a ton of preservatives in it Ooh. and then it just dyed it blue and uh, Mark Hamill said that every time he took a sip he almost gagged oh. and it was a real acting exercise for him not to barf all over the set wow Interesting. yeah um so these red ones though I feel like that's different enough I feel like changing the color these people are going to be angry and I'm not oh. angry because they're red I'm angry because it's a stupid fucking aesthetic choice like Sith troopers red 
Like, it's yeah. just like, I come agree. on. I like, agree. Maybe, like, put, like, some cool, like, red accent colors or whatever, but, like, yeah. who's the person that's just, like, the red equals bad? Well, blue white has good. always equaled bad before this, you know, well, with no, the, the stormtroopers, well, and black for Darth Vader, and red for the, you know, it's just like, so... I, but that was what was cool about the originals, is that the stormtroopers were white, and so, like, when you're first watching that movie, when you have no concept of what's going on, right, and enough. all the stormtroopers are coming in, in your mind... Like, like if you're watching that movie in in what 1977, you're like, oh, the white guys, they're good. The good That's guys, yeah. No, I know, and I know. The guy, <laughs> <laughs> and they all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> but like they come in, they come in that ship, and you're just like, oh, these are obviously the good guys True. trying to get something. And then Darth Vader walks in, and you're like, oh, now there's this black guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, only voiced by oh, a black guy. No, she meant. Wearing black, wearing so black. far off with um, a long saber. That was really So that was really cool. Podcast. Like it was a cool change uh, that they made. So I don't know. Like th- uh, yes, the Sith troopers look cool. They, they do look cool. Oh. But I'm just like, why? I don't know. I'm going to hold my anger until maybe after I've seen this. I and mean, I might not like, end up angry. That's a very big conversation about a red fucking But that's suit. the thing. is Because <laughs> then to go to Paul's point, it's just like, yeah, so people might be reacting like we're reacting right now. And maybe that's sort of altering, you know, the creative process yeah. behind Star Wars. And mm-hmm. it's th- that, that part of it is kind of what would make me angry. Like, yeah. Is that, you know... Toxic fans are now going to be affecting what I'm going to be seeing on screen. What's very interesting about Star Wars, back in like even as late as the 1990s, its legacy was, yes, the biggest sci-fi movies invented the blockbuster and invented the like legacy of all the technical achievements it did. And that was what people remembered and loved about Star Wars. And now what's so interesting here in 2019 is we look back and instead maybe its biggest contribution possibly to culture at large is the fact that how how reactionary it was to outrage of the fans. Hmm. That maybe is like a big lingering part of the Star Wars legacy. I liked how the Knights of Ren were red. I thought that was cool. And they all had very different costume designs. Hmm. They all looked different. They had like different... Um, weapons I and love things that. like that. I thought, like, that, was I thought that was really cool. Why yeah. do we need another red thing? But we also I don't like red. Don't really know <laughs> shit about the Knights of Ren because they yeah. showed up in one fucking scene. I know. Yeah. yeah. Don't really see them. It's yeah. raining. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, more weird Star Wars news. Kanye West wants to build low-income housing inspired by Luke Skywalker's childhood home on Tatooine. <laughs> fuck, Kanye. This guy's a crazy person. Do you remember when he wa- like the well? This wasn't the last crazy thing he did, but do you remember <laughs> when he wanted to make like a, a a translator for emojis? Like that was one of his things like two years ago. <laughs> I missed that. That's amazing. He wanted no. to like invest millions of dollars in writing an emoji translator. Incredible. Do you guys watch that um, episode of My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with Letterman no. on Netflix with Tell Kanye, me it's West. Kanye West? It it's is just yeah, with Kanye West. Kanye. And although it struggles from other interviews I've seen with Kanye, where Kanye just like kind of goes off on these like bad tangents, and I feel like really what's going on is he's bad at explaining himself. That's what's really <laughs> no, truly, that's what's going on. But and you know, so it's it, it's it suffered from that a little bit in the actual interview part. And even Letterman, who's one of the greatest interviewers of all time, can't really 
really get him on a proper track. But there's this scene where they go to Kanye and Kim Kardashian's actual house, and Letterman's like poking around in their real live closet and bathroom and stuff, as well as then the like showroom of Kanye's, um, like his uh, uh, label is like clothing label, and. There you see them kind of connect on a weird level and you get a better appreciation for what Kanye is doing. In this case here with the Star Wars shit, great. <laughs> he wants to do affordable housing. That's lovely. Or he wants to make headlines talking about affordable Well, this housing. is it. You inject a Star Wars headline that's easy yeah. to grab attention in clickbait headlines and then all of a sudden now people are talking about Kanye West building affordable housing. Whether or not they're like saying he's stupid for wanting to make it look like Luke Skywalker, yeah. this is what he's done with his albums for a long time, right? The music Music's not that great anymore, uh, or hasn't been as good as it once was. But you, scoop, yeah, right. <laughs> but you talk about it because he does an insane thing in the yeah. week leading up to it. Yeah. Well, now he's focusing and channeling that into affordable housing. I'm not going to be mad at him for that. No, he's just got a really big ego, and I think he just wants to be bigger than he is. That is, that is it, Kanye. All right, last uh, loose Star Wars connection, which actually starts with Harry Potter. The Vancouver Symphony Orchestra will be bringing back their live Harry Potter concerts where they play on the big screen Harry Potter stuff, and they play in the orchestra pit Harry Potter music. Don't they play the like entire movie? Yes. Dang. Yes. yes. I so didn't I think they're that. just that's like because that's what like when Paul originally sent it, I was like Victoria Symphony does that too, and then I actually clicked on the link like uh, <laughs> like internet people don't usually do, and then I was like, oh no, this is actually different and cool. They yeah, they play the entire movie and they just like basically do the soundtrack in front of you. Which that's is pretty. Really they have cool. a version of the movie then that's just like say dialogue and sound effects and yeah. no soundtrack exactly. And They've, then they have the live. Oh fuck! Yeah, is right? that cool? That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so when I was over there uh, this past week, my best friends actually were telling me they had gone and seen Jurassic Park done like this. Ooh. Jesus. Whoa. And the week I was there, I'm such a stupid, dummy, dope You're idiot. Such a stupid, dummy, dope idiot. <laughs> they say it all the time. Say it all about my dope, dopey, dope. But, um, they were doing Empire Strikes Back. Oh! Which is, I think, John Williams' crown achievement. As, as a score goes it's I think Head and Shoulders the best Star Wars score um, there's so much like Imperial stuff that's where the Imperial March was actually uh, debuted in that. and I just remember like timpani I remember like the big drums and everything that is like oh my god so impactful I can't even imagine watching an orchestra do that not to mention one of my favorite pieces of music of all time the uh, meteor chase the, when the Remember, don't tell, never tell me the odds, and then the Millennium Falcon's going through the oh, asteroid the, the field. Asteroid that is field. one yeah, of yeah. the greatest yeah. pieces of movie score in history. It's so good. I listen to that when I'm driving. Nice. There were there were studies done where you shouldn't listen to insane music like that because it makes you drive faster. Um, <laughs> the Star Wars connection before this, though, was that, yeah, the Victoria Symphony has done this with Harry Potter and with Star Wars uh, as well. So cool. But if you want to see this Vancouver Symphony Orchestra thing, uh, it runs April 17th, 18th, and 19th, 2020 at the Orpheum Theater. The day that they do uh, the Avengers, I'm making a trip <laughs> I believe out that. there. That'd be so good. Okay, changing sections. Small screen. Everybody make small screen noise. One, two, three. We have some details about the new Game of Thrones prequel. Oh. So you haven't you haven't read the uh, no? Oh, okay. Come on, Paul. I mean, I haven't read. I haven't either. Sorry. <laughs> 
So this was an interview in Entertainment Weekly with George R. R. Martin, uh, where he talked about where the series is set, how many kings will, will be involved, what kind of creatures will be featured in it. So the pilot is set 5,000 years before the events of Game of Thrones in an era called the Golden Age of Heroes. Hmm. And uh, there are nine kingdoms, and then 12 kingdoms, and eventually get back to where there's 100 kingdoms. Oh. Uh, petty kingdoms, he says, and that's what we're talking about here. A hundred petty kingdoms. Wow. Sounds like uh, the city of Victoria. Oh! oh! Hashtag amalgamation. Greater Victoria, yeah. yep. Greater Victoria. <laughs> For that guy in Ontario who Triangle, listens. The mayor of Triangle Mountain. A <laughs> hundred petty kingdoms. <laughs> the Starks. Uh, will be in there. Oh, yeah. The Lannisters aren't quite there yet, but Casterly Rock is is there. Mm. And uh, there would be many more non-human creatures, including mammoths, direwolves, and white walkers. Oh, they can afford direwolves this time. This is what I'm saying. Well, like, no, how, this is, how are they going to afford all of those things? They Let me tell you. They fucking troll. Let me tell you. Because they're all new actors. Because there will be no <laughs> dragons. That's no why. Dra- yeah, and then... Brian, well, that's right. They don't have to pay John's lower wage. That's yeah. right. <laughs> So yeah, those are the those are the little bits of the things that we know from the, an interview with George R. R. Martin. Or you could just f- film a regular size of wolf and then blow it up in Future Shop. <laughs> <laughs> it blow it up in Future Shop? <laughs> did you say? In Future Shop. You go to Future Shop and be like, "Can I blow up this tire?" That was amazing. Um, yeah, neat. I'll watch that. You know, I'm watch- I'm reading that uh, the World of Ice and Fire book, which I thought was just pictures and was devastated to find oh out there's so many words in it. Oh my god! But um, <laughs> No, the stories in that are very interesting. And it's interesting that this show is set in Westeros because the ones that I'm most fascinated by are like all the Essos and everything and like Valeria and like where all the Targaryens come from and all that. There's some really cool stuff over there. Like that Nymeria, the original Nymeria that Arya is mm-hmm. like idolizes, her story is incredible. So uh, maybe that's one of the other six spin-offs, I don't know. <laughs> but that's neat. I'll I'll watch that. What the hell? Really? Yeah. Spin-off. Is it a spin-off? <laughs> <laughs> so good. What's wrong with spin-offs? Art thinks that I don't like spin-offs. You, you don't like, like spin-offs? Yeah, that's yeah, right, so Art. I like go. Fraser. Okay, here we Fuck go. Fuck you, dude. Jesus. <laughs> we're going to combine uh, the last bit of the small screen news with reviews and recommendations, and we're going to go into it with Stranger Things, starting with the headline. <laughs> 40.7 million household accounts have been watching the, sh- the show Stranger Things 3 since its July 4th global launch, more than any other film or series on Netflix in its first four days, and 18.2 million people have already finished the entire season. The, um... When was that? When was that? Like, I guess last... Um, it's yeah, when was that? Now. Earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things 3 breaks record, Netflix claims. And when Paul sent this through, he just puts in all caps... Claims. claims. Well, it's true. We have absolutely no idea. Yeah. They can say whatever they want. Right. Right. Uh, I'm not one of those 40.7 million people who have watched it yet. But I want to because everybody's saying how great it is. Yeah. yeah. So I'm ep- two episodes in. Brian, you're how I'm many? Six. six yeah. So we won't in. have any big spoilers or anything here. I think uh, maybe ne- next week, if everyone can if Walk everyone can commit to yeah. watching it by next week. It's only eight episodes, right? Yeah. Or six. And I just realized eight. that today. Yeah. So it's eight episodes and it's like, oh no, yeah. I am more than halfway. That sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's really good. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, the uh, This is not really a spoiler because it happens in the first five minutes, but I think Art or somebody was mentioning like they got to end these pretty soon because these kids are going to like age out of these roles. Right. Um, in the first five minutes, they do like a time jump it's like 
a year and a half, two years. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, they fucking had to do that time jump because you see the kids and you're like, you guys are getting way no. too old. You're in some weird, awkward phases with your bodies. Uh. Like, what the fuck? Like, they're definitely aging at a weird pace so like they do jump forward two years and i'm like okay that i get why they're doing that but next season's got to be the fucking last season man these kids are too old really? and you know unless they say if they did stick with it and they because like they the original like the, the kid cast they were basically a part of the, that first season that was very much an homage to kid movies like yep. the Goonies and stuff right. in the 80s. Totally. Whereas right now they're kind of into that like oh they're early teens right so that it, it's you're you're seeing a lot of that stuff especially with the Starcourt Mall being like one of the big backdrops mm-hmm. and stuff um, and I can see them getting into like that like teenage sort of not uh, like for our generation American Pie but I guess for the, the 80s what like fucking meatballs or whatever right, yeah. <laughs> you know where it's, yeah so they, they can kind of get into that kind of thing and yes I know Art's going to say how many strange things can happen in this town of <laughs> Hawkins but no, you said uh, it for me there but Thank they you. do have like a, a great reason why some strange things yeah. start happen that work really well yeah. with yeah, the subplots era and stuff that, that um, works so the, well the, that 80s era like which I, I really liked like that opening scene again I won't spoil it but that opening scene you're watching it and then like somebody speaks and you're like what like I don't know there's a good like kind of twisty thing in the first five minutes nice they are taking the same care and attention like that is not dropping off yeah with these more seasons which is I think what's going to keep us Mm -hmm. hanging on I read um, just even the headline of something being like yes the stranger things kids are getting older but that's okay yeah and so I've kind of watched it with that in the back of my mind that that is okay because yeah maybe it was like these cute little kids riding bikes which got me into the show in the Mm -hmm. first place and I had nostalgia about riding bikes but guess what I also was 12, 13, 14 through a teenager and I can also relate to first girlfriend you know it's like awkward Mm -hmm. teenage years and guess what strange things can keep happening to them through those (laughs) portions of their lives so now at this point we're just in love with the characters if you keep writing them well if they remain lovable and relatable Mm -hmm. or whatever who cares if they get old let's follow them all the way through adulthood we watch Arya Stark have sex on a hay bale for crying out loud what's wrong with that well I felt a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, my issue is not that they're and getting older. It's the fact that they would be in like it's still 1983, and now everyone's oh. got breasts. Like, that, but what's like, wrong with like moving them into the 90s? No, nothing, nothing. Right? But but my issue. Three words. Oh. That 80s show. No, no, no. That's not, <laughs> that's not a good. Comparison. But yeah, no. My issue would be trying to keep them in the same timeline. So right. that's why I'm saying I'm glad that they did that two-year time jump. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'd be like, well, these kids are definitely not the age they were when they were riding down the street watching Ghostbusters. Right. Um, so I appreciated that they did that. But yeah, no, moving on into the 90s. I love all the nostalgia. Um, it's so much fun to watch. Like, I love, is it set pieces? I don't even know. But like, <laughs> how do they find like an old 1985 bag of Doritos? Oh, Does somebody have to right? fucking print know, that? Right? Does somebody just have that in their basement? Mm. Like, do they have to make one bag of Doritos and new Coke? And like, well, I don't know, that stuff... 
is crazy to me. There are prop companies. There yeah. are like you're not allowed to. If if you have a bag of garbage that explodes, you have to order the bag of garbage from a particular company because everything in there has no brand names or generic. It's mm. very clean and whatnot. There is an entire industry behind that. So I'm sure they ran off fifty old Doritos bags yeah. based it's, off. The I old love artwork. like that is my favorite part about these. Like yeah. it's a weird thing, but these like old nostalgic things. things. It's like I'm just like I'm just like hoping. I'm like, can you please just fucking go walk down the aisle of a grocery store? Because I will just love watching you walk down an aisle of a grocery (laughs) store and looking at all the shit on the like. (laughs) Yes, I have a question. Um, Was Windows? I haven't. I haven't watched Stranger Things yet. Was Windows Microsoft Windows? Was that featured in any part of Stranger Things? Because on July fourth, July third or fourth, they wiped the the official Windows Instagram account, wiped all of its posts, and went back to very retro Windows one point things. I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. from that. Okay, okay. But well, Windows wasn't around in eighty five. Apparently, it would have matched up with uh, oh, really? with mm-hmm. that. So maybe then. Anyways, I was, um, I was gonna say there's two instances that are really prevalent and that they did get on board with, and that's Coke number one because. Coke re-release new Coke, right? Yeah. And then this Weird Al t-shirt is so good, too. Oh, I like, got there yeah, Weird Al I saw the post from Weird Al being like, oh, a bi- like so happy that I'm in Stranger Things and that like they're listening to a Weird Al song and then mm-hmm. Dustin's wearing a Weird love, Al t-shirt. I love that the nerdy guy was listening to My Bologna. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I was just like, yes, this is amazing. So at first that read to me like, oh, cool, Weird Al's a fan and he appreciates that they did that. But then a few days later it was like, hey, everyone, I'm selling this exact t-shirt, yeah. reprint from the 80s rare reissue on my website and it was like oh you were in cahoots the whole fucking time whatever let him if that's Coke okay. can make yeah, new Coke Weird Al can make a fucking buck off some t-shirts oh it's so true I love it I love Weird Al so much but yeah as a review and recommendation it is worth watching and I do, did even like like the new characters that are introduced in this season including what's her name is it Maya Julia? Hawk yes, yes. playing Whoa. Robin yeah. yeah so that's Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's kid yeah oh, I haven't got there yet oh, she's wow. amazing She's one of my favorite characters in this. I know. I had to look her up because I was enjoying her performance so much. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's like an Uma Thurman clone. Exactly. It's like watching Uma Thurman, like a younger version of Uma Thurman. It's crazy. Is uh, enjoying her performance like your. Shut, shut. Yeah, okay. Shut, shut. Stop that. Right. Wow. Okay. Let's uh, switch gears, but sort of stay in reviews and recommendations. We're going to get to what we all want to talk about, but uh, we're doing that tease thing. Paul, I got to hear about you in Midsummer. Oh my god. Midsummer. Please, okay, wait. Yeah. Don't spoil it because I didn't see it yesterday. Okay, I won't. Um, just bird's eye the plot. Sure. No, you put. Well, uh, no, I can do that without spoiling Bird's eye the trailer. Yeah, yeah. The So the movie, the first thing that I um, knew about it was that it's a horror movie set completely in the daytime. Cool. Okay, yeah. That I was, watched, that's right. I watched the trailer and you're absolutely right. I didn't even consider that that's so cool that was the premise and the promise of this movie and it holds up to that which is very very cool the premise is that um, it's these uh, a group of Americans who travel to Sweden to attend a midsummer festival which happens only once every 90 years or something something like that yeah, yeah. they do it more often but then the big one is 90 years or something like that but uh, it turns out who they're actually visiting is a pagan cult and from there things get fucked up and I don't like 
horror movies, especially horror movies with their bullshit jump scare and all that. In this movie, there is like a single half a jump scare, and then everything else mm -hmm. is in broad daylight. Wow. You see the fucked up things happening. You see them coming slowly at you from a mile away. You can't help but be like be watching it and just be like consumed by it, like being like taken out by the tide slowly rising wow. above your head. And it is so fucked up, but it's not. And like the grisly or gory stuff is like spaced way out. So you have a long time in this movie to kind of like sit there stewing in it. And then you almost forget about it. You recover. The characters almost also recover from it. And then they just move along with getting deeper and deeper into the shit. And it is wild. I like, I didn't know what to think about it. There's a lot of times too where it's so fucked up that you're laughing Whoa. in the theater. Like wow. me and all the people I was with and other people in the theater too. Like something would happen and everyone would be doing this classic like right like that's what you would do well it's like the the black the dark comedy in in like pulp fiction guy's head gets blown off but right. what's surrounding it is so crazy and unfathomable to begin with yeah i guess you take that to a horror level yeah so i uh, so i really really enjoyed it and um i never saw hereditary this is the second this is ari at at Sir Ari, at, I don't know what his last name is. Yeah. He's the same guy that did Hereditary, which is very similar in vain right. to this, like a horror movie, but really slow moving. But you have chance to catch your breath. Um, Having has, seen the trailers for both, though, I would watch Midsummer a hundred times before I would watch Hereditary. Why? I don't know. Hereditary just looked like a lot. Okay. No, it wasn't. I haven't seen it. It wasn't a lot really? at all. Like it was really like. Um, really spaced out uh, really well. It wasn't like too intense or anything like that. Like, and I am a huge fan of horror movies. Um, not necessarily like horror, like talking about like zombies or things, but horror movies like this, like those slow moving, slow paced, like thinky horror movies, psychological horror movies. You like Get Out a lot then. I like to Get Out, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I liked Hereditary more. Like, it was a, it was a great movie. So I was gonna go see Midsummer yesterday, but I didn't because it's two hours and twenty four minutes. It's long. It's so goddamn oh long. Oh, my God. I saw a late show, too. I bought tickets for like a 9.30 show and uh -oh. didn't get out of there until yeah. after midnight. And yeah. I'm like, Jesus, that's what I was how long do. is this midsummer I was going to go anyways. see it, and I was like, oh, it's too long. I can't see it tonight. So, so what, would you recommendation? It? Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. Nice. I mean, if you have the stomach for it, because there is some pretty fucked up shit happening in it. Um, but, uh, it, you know, what really grounds it, the last thing I'll say is that it's based in and actually turns out to be about a very, like, human and relatable Wait, process. Wait, is this a spoiler? No. I'm, I'm being I mean, so vague. It turns out to be. <laughs> I'm being vague. Ugh. It's based in something that we all really can relate to. Because guess what? I've never been to the Midsummer Festival of a pagan cult in Sweden. But there's something going on at the heart of the movie that you can. You don't even know what's happening to you while you're watching it. But it like you, it gets in your brain and you're like, oh, and you get it. That's a fucking That's all spoiler. That's not, not a spoiler. And Tony Stark makes if it back to yeah, Earth. If Tony Stark oh making it back to Earth is a fucking spoiler, <laughs> that is a spoiler. That's <laughs> <laughs> carefully crafted non-spoiler for you, Kirsten. Just go and watch the goddamn thing, jeez. So spoiled. Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, that's what we wanted. I was like, what the fuck do we want to talk about? <laughs> uh, do we already just put a spoiler warning on here? Or no, like, let's definitely put the spoiler on Yeah, because like, everybody's just saying, watch it. Great, great movie. Now yeah. let's talk about the spoilery shit. Hello, everyone. This is a spoiler alert. Thank you. So now we have all seen it. I was probably the last. I didn't definitely did not sneak out of work on Tuesday to go and <laughs> watch the movie. That. Definitely did not do that. Uh, so Paul and Brian saw it first, and then who between you? 
You uh, right, we uh, saw it on the same night. Okay, cool. And then yeah, yeah, but I saw it first. Oh, if it's okay. a competition, <laughs> if it's a competition, yeah, because I got a message like from Kirsten, we got a message from Kirsten, and then like after midnight, we got a message from Art saying, "Well, that was a movie." <laughs> I was like I'm fucking. Done I this. had a person. <laughs> there was this. Uh, I want to call him a teenager, I guess, sitting next to me, and he was doing all the quips and ooh ah ah the buds. It was oh, good. Bud? So it was me talking Grace. to himself Grace. as well. Grace. Oh, things no. and I was like wow is that what I sound like <laughs> it's like you and Bud with your powers combined yeah it was like a Bud <laughs> and Art together great yeah so that was a little annoying but this uh, is a lot of people's favorite Spider-Man movie now so I, I don't want to rehash because I actually haven't listened to last week's podcast to listen to myself yet. Mm. Um, but uh, so I don't know what you guys talked about. So I don't want to rehash your no, conversation. Rehash. Go, go, go. Um, but well, that was just to to preface, like if we get into something that you guys already talked a lot about just no, I'm just going to go if yeah. we already yeah. on it. <laughs> I thought you guys move on. on. No, we already did. Move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to it and I thought you guys did a really good job of analyzing holistically. And like, I'm really sorry that your theater cut the, the show. Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm really sorry that your theater cut the show before the final credit goodie. Well, I got a free movie ticket out of well, it. So I don't feel too what? badly. That's weird. They shut it off after the mid credit scene. Have they never seen a Marvel right? movie? Where yeah. were you? Right? I know. Yeah. We were at a very fancy VIP theater in West Vancouver that like served me a beer to my seat. <gasps> why oh, don't yeah. we have those here? I know. Why don't we know that? All we have, we just got the comfy seats. I, I saw both those movies in the, in a VIP theater in Fuck different yeah. parts of Vancouver. They're unreal. So I saw the movie at the Odeon. No kids. No idiot kids talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's 19 plus. That's the best part of it all. I saw it at the Odeon in downtown Victoria here. No 3D. Yeah, that was, was me too. Not IMAX. Yep, that was so me too. So I just went and watched it, just blah, blah, and I didn't need it. Nope, I, I agree. didn't need it. Uh, maybe um, it would be even better, but I I loved it the way it was. Who, um, Jake Gyllenhaal? I gotta say, I definitely liked him more once the reveal of Mysterio happened. Oh, like thousand yeah. percent. And and it also like I don't want to say it was spoiled for me, but Brian, like we all know Mysterio's a bad guy. And then Brian in several pods ago was like, I think that Mysterio's intentions are this. And you didn't mm. really like, I didn't put a it. pin on the oh, intentions. But I got that with the teacher. Yes. Oh my. Oh yeah. And Martin Starr showing Star up. Martin Starr is so like, good in that movie. Like when Martin what did Star- you say? Well, my my initial theory was that Mysterio's motivations for doing bad things is, and wanting to make himself look like a hero was because his wife yeah. wasn't snapped, but he was. But his wife had moved on in yeah. the five years. <laughs> but Martin oh, right. Starr's character, yes, yes, his wife, his wife pretended to be pretended snapped. To be snapped. We had a she just full on funeral for her and everything. Yeah. I also loved when Martin Starr just wandered in on the plane. I was like, what the fuck is Martin? And I thought Hilarious. it was like a weird cameo. I didn't realize he was the teacher. So yeah. that was like a Oh, delightful... he was the teacher last, in the last movie. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's the one that... I don't remember that. My favorite line in the last movie is like, oh, we, you know, we couldn't bear to lose a, a student on a field trip. Not again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, his chops, and then uh, the guy who plays Leon in Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah, JB yeah, Smooth. JB Smooth, yeah. yes. Hello. Goes to every not- time they came on the screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just rewatched uh, Homecoming yesterday by accident, like as I was napping <laughs> yeah. after the morning show. That is and, so weird. Um, 
it's like it's so good. It, I think Far From Home made it better. Yeah. You like the tone of both of these movies is so pitch perfect, and uh, due to a lot of these two comedians mm-hmm. being in it and them being the like well, big in, comic relief. In the last one, it was uh, Hannibal Bur- Hannibal Burris, Hannibal Burris. Yeah. Yeah. like gym teacher. Yeah. And I loved how just the opposite Peter Parker is because in Homecoming he's all I want to be an Avenger. Exactly. I want to yeah. do this. And this one he's just. I don't want any part of that. I just want to be a kid. Just want to be a kid. Everything like that. You and want to go it on really, my summer vacation. Yeah, and it really like scores how important Endgame was and how much of a toll it took yeah. on all the Avengers. And I just thought it was done perfectly in this movie because they, they are trying to usher into the next you know phase of the MCU, but it's hard to do that when you have the cla- the effects of... Uh, end game. So you're right. Yeah, it, it rings very true. His yeah. his uh, his kind of like almost PTSD from yeah. that. Well, That's and exactly Brian Brian's non spoilery review last week said like this is you said it's the, the perfect bridge after Endgame it's that mm. breath in and it really was like I loved all the Tony Stark stuff in it I loved all the Avengers you know mentions in it and it was it's just that that breath after a heavy movie like Endgame um, it worked really well uh, my like with Homecoming my problem with Homecoming was that I thought it was like it was an Iron Man movie and uh Peter uh, Parker was it was just too much Iron Man yeah That's so I, I was thought. actually surprised that you liked this movie yeah, so much yeah I've kind of forgiven that a little bit because it is very much like him becoming Iron Man yeah right? it is but I just I and I and I realized that in this MCU like that's what Spider-Man. He's a, he's a creation of Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and like so right? are all the uh, the villains too. Yeah, pretty much yeah. consequences of Tony Stark. Yeah, Very so true. like his everlasting you know effect on the MCU is. Through what do you think movie. that guy was the the guy that got the call that gets yelled at in like Spider-Man Two? The, the, or sorry, in uh, Iron Man 2, that guy that gets yelled at by Jebediah. Obadiah Stane. Oh, that's Iron Man 1. Oh, what, what do you think that yeah. guy was like, though? They were like, hey, do you want to be in another, another Marvel movie? Well, he was a he was a producer on Iron Man Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. He's also, really? uh, and I mentioned Funny. this, I cut this out of our conversation, but he's actually, that actor, mm-hmm. he's the kid in A Christmas Story. Are you what? kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. You ever shoot your eye out yeah. with lasers. Yeah. I, and going back to Mysterio and Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. I thought it was like a really, it's a genius way of bringing in this villain into like the new world that we live in. Yeah. Like, how would you do that with Mysterio, mm-hmm. right? The, the thing that I didn't like about it, and again, maybe it's because Brian like put it in my head. Sorry. I just felt no, it's okay because like I know Mysterio is a bad guy, right? Yeah. But like just that whole first hour of the movie, hour and fifteen minutes, I was like, okay, I know you're the bad guy. You're not this nice. See, and I was really? like, kind yeah. of, and this is what I had said in in our conversation. I was kind of the opposite in mm-hmm. that, like, so I knew he was going to turn out to be the bad guy. But I think Gyllenhaal played it so well that mm-hmm. part of me was hoping that. He really was a good guy, and maybe there is an alternate universe yeah. version of yeah. him that was bad. He was I just agree. too. It was too much playing on uh, Peter Parker's need for Tony Stark, mm-hmm. like that father figure, like yeah. the way that Jake Gyllenhaal and Mysterio played it. It was too much pandering to that person that that uh, that Peter Parker needed. Right, and so I felt like I was like, well, this is obviously. Like it's not just like dropped from the heavens after Tony Stark has passed away is another right. father figure. Like right. it was 
like I just felt it was really obvious and not because of the acting at all mm-hmm. but it, it was just I guess the, the plot I don't know I found that number one I was totally tricked by like even I knew that Mysterio was going to be bad and all that but I thought that this one you know was going to at the very last minute going to swap back to his you know other universe and here comes the bad one or something I don't know I don't know how they were going to do it but he tricked me so when the reveal no. happens I'm like I'm tricked oh you yeah, got me, he got me. <laughs> oh, oh he so is going to be evil oh my god I did not see it coming at all so I was totally hook line mm-hmm. and sinker into it I bought in really well yeah. and what I also love about Hall's performance which makes me a big Hussey, is that <laughs> Uh, he, with that performance in the first half of that movie or whatever it is, um, is so manipulative, which mm-hmm. makes the kind of a classic trope villain of like, I'm out for revenge, right? Yeah. Every fucking action movie these days is just another dude, different villain of the week, out for revenge, constantly revenge. You revenged, you did me wrong somewhere in my past, I will retcon a backstory into it, and now I'm revenging you, and that's why I hate you. And that's boring and played out and mm-hmm. hacky, but they he played it so well mm-hmm. that uh, he was it really like sold it and, and like uh, added so many different extra layers for him to be that he's got those good. puppy dog eyes too. yes I liked his beard. and like for, yeah, he got Cap's beard that's where it went he got Cap's beard. Beard. Yeah, that's where it went <laughs> um, he like for such a fantastical character with like the dome head and the cape and all that it's like how do you put this into like even quasi realistically but it was the perfect response to hey in a world where there is Thor who wears a cape and there's all these things yeah. here's just a guy working with good technology kind of like playing as like a uh, parody of, of superheroes yep. right so that it makes sense that his costume is that comics accurate yeah um, I thought that was fantastic like Mysterio's gonna go down he's not one of my favorite villains or anything like that but uh, you know not compared to Dr. Octopus but man he like this performance and this writing of the character and this like putting all the elements together mm-hmm. fucking crush yeah. and that's why this movie is having the success it is what's uh, what's that technology called barf, barf. What's, barf. What, 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 by, augmented uh, reality I don't know what the B stands by for by something binary uh, something retro framing <laughs> it was cool and it was a cool way to like bring back uh, Spider-Man's like Spider Tingle or Peter Tingle or whatever. Yeah, well, it was a good plot device. Mysterio, yeah. Mysterio was the, like the perfect plot device to actually have Spider-Man hone in on that element because they yeah. did address the fact that they that he had it in Avengers Infinity War when his arm hair is raised, yeah. but they never addressed it in terms of like how he's been able to use it. And that plays on like the Spider-Man 2, right? Where it's responsibility yeah. versus mm-hmm. what he and that's bigger, yeah right? and seeing this is why I think I said in the last uh, pod that this carries a lot of elements of the Raimi Spider-Man and one thing that I really loved about this um, how this paid homage to Spider-Man 2 was the I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore yeah. mm-hmm. right they didn't sh- go on and show him throwing his suit into the trash and it's hanging out of the trash bin like they did in uh, in the Raimi Spider-Man 2 yeah. but this was more really about him wanting to be 
the best version of Peter Parker and not Spider-Man. Right. Which, right. you know what, now that I'm looking back at it, like, that was a really sloppy plot thread in Spider-Man 2, because, like... A lot of the... If you look... If you watch Spider-Man 2 again, which I have recently, mm. it's, a lot of it is really ridiculous <laughs> and yeah. sloppy. I mean, like, the whole, like, oh, now I'm losing my powers thread goes nowhere. Yeah. The I'm not going to be Spider-Man anymore is just what? So you could get that shot of the costume hanging out of the yep. garbage can, which is quite iconic from comics. But in comics, they earned it. It was like a long, mm-hmm. you know, scary story. Whereas this is just like, oh, my powers are going away. Oh, just kidding. They're not, I guess, just in time for the climax. But so there's that. <laughs> bud, before, because you haven't really said what you thought about it. I know. The... You're worrying me, Bud. No, yeah. no, not at all. I, I'm agreeing with all of you. I don't think I could put anything, any of the things that you guys are saying more articulately than you are. I, I just, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. But I saw a look on your face when you said... Oh, everyone says this is the best Spider-Man. You look like you are not convinced. No, no, no. I'll tell you what it is, is I'm surprised because I heard all of this stuff leading up to it. And I, I kind of went in there like, this has got to be a heck of a freaking movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I came out of it and I'm like, that was a heck of a freaking movie. So before I ask you guys what your favorite Spider-Man is now, since we've gone through all these Spider-Mans, uh, I, I find it interesting with Tom Holland. And this is what I was thinking about when I was watching the movie he's the first iteration of this character that like i like peter parker more than i like spider-man mm. whereas when i've watched any other spider-man i'm like just get on the kit you know get in the costume get, the suit, get out yeah. there and sling around but tom holland has this like i like peter parker more than i like spider-man I which is, admit, i find is very strange when i'm I watching like it. tom holland probably like of all the modern spider-mans is the best out of you know yeah. with the the toby Maguire and the andrew and Garfield a lot of that is yeah yes tom holland's a great actor and he's he connects with uh all of the characters so well uh, like as an you know as an actor but also i think the writing in this was and the dialogue is a lot more solid than the other spider-man movies far oh, yeah. better oh yeah yeah yeah, I mean, there's not even close. Like, there's no competition. In my mind, there is no other Spider-Mans. Like, I obviously, we all grew up with the Raimi ones. I get it. But, um, like, Tom Holland is absolutely my Spider-Man. Number one, he's the cutest. Um, number two, he, uh, yeah, like, he is, you're right. He's, like, such a lovable Peter Parker. And, um, yeah, you know, I, yeah, it's like he's just really, really true and fun to the character and everything. And and I see these memes online where it's like, the multiverse has been introduced. Now's the time. Bring back Tobey Maguire and bring back Andrew Garfield oh, and have no them all asked. together in the same movie. And I'm like, no, stop this nonsense. I want to wash the memory of them two out of my brain. No one's there is one Spider-Man. So, there are. There is people online wanting it. And it's like, uh, no, Tom Holland only. Okay, really quick though, we got to talk about those after credit scenes. Mm-hmm. And what Oof. that means for the greater Oof. MCU? What were they? Did you not? Did you, did you not look them up after? Like you I, know what you know, they are. Honestly, the one I didn't see the uh, Sam Jackson one, the Scrolls. Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. You can't find it online. Well, okay. way to go, Marvel. Let's or talk. Sony. Okay, let's talk about the first one then. Uh, fucking J.K. Simmons comes back. Oh, Everybody in that. my theater cheered. Yeah, yeah, and it was I the biggest was just like, moment. what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Um, s- such great, perfect casting for J. Jonah Jameson. So super happy to see him back. Um, what do we think the fallout of that is? Like, it's been revealed. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. We already talked about this. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are a couple things though, and we didn't. Uh, a couple things that we didn't talk about is because um, Mysterio, I guess, is established. He's dead. He yeah. Died. So I think it so was the the, there was other, the people other staff th- that found that footage and doctored it. So not Mysterio. W- the, and it's funny because <gasps> it's like right. uh, John Watts 
it, he probably did that because you know it wraps up a really good mm-hmm. movie, kind of like Back to the Future when they wrapped it up where they're going. <laughs> it's you know, your and, kids, and then they bring Jennifer along, yeah. and it's just like, oh fuck, what do we do with Jennifer now? Or Back oh. to the Future Two the when uh, that guy from SCTV shows up and is like uh, the guy from the post office and gives him the letter from the old West. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So okay, so they did that. Maybe not necessarily thinking about what the future is going to be like for other Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what the world is going to be like if they know, if everybody knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, or if mm-hmm. everybody cares mm-hmm. that some Breitbart, you know, um, you know, if they conspiracy theories. Yeah, if they yeah. believe him, yeah. or it's fake news versus Peter one Parker. of yeah. one of the outs for this, which I really hope they don't do, is just that it it was all the only person that saw that was was Peter Parker was yeah. Spider-Man oh. because it was one of those other illusions that was yeah. caused oh. I think I mean I think to be honest yeah. the reason why they're doing this is because they've now done the movie where Peter Parker doesn't want to be Spider-Man they're done it boom yeah they don't want to struggle with that over another you know three or four movie arc being like do I want to reveal my identity so they've just removed that so we don't have to fucking deal with it mm. and we can move on to phase four where everybody knows that Spider-Man's Peter Parker done not bad. And in the Marvel Universe, and I'm not a huge comic book nerd or anything, but if you look at all the heroes, everybody knows who they are. Yeah, that's Spider-Man's why, the only that's, one that but nobody that, knows. That's why it's a huge arc in Civil War yeah. when he's on Tony's yeah. side and he reveals But they also reversed that in Civil War. He went to Memphisto, the devil guy. And the, uh, anyway. But at the beginning of Civil War... Um, the it's thing, a huge deal. The thing, the part of me that is kind of sad about this, but I'm still very excited to see how, how they deal with it. But the part of me is that's sad about it is because that's part of what I felt made Spider-Man interesting. Yes, you know, is the secret identity thing, is the having to kind of go back and forth. Oh, is Aunt May going to figure out what I'm doing? Is this person going to figure knows, out what I'm doing? And yeah, and, and, and it's fine and in this that she knows yeah. because she wasn't in this most of the time. He was in Europe trying to hide it from his friends and his mm-hmm, teachers. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that, that's kind of the the, the, the thing that I always found that made this character interesting is that he's, you know, teenager by day, superhero, you know, mask vigilante by night. I just feel like it's going to be hard to carry on in phase four. Like, yep. how for yeah. how much can you do that we're heroes, we fucking saved the world? Like, it, it, how can you have a movie like Endgame mm-hmm. and then in phase four being like, who could Spider-Man be? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. That's, That's a good call, actually. Yeah, the majority of your MCU heroes are known in mm-hmm. identity. Anyways, What's, it felt that that uh, mid-credits scene, sorry, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, that it was the end of the movie, they just chopped it and put it as a mid-credits scene. It felt like an end of the movie. Totally. Right. Could have been. Yeah. What's disappointing about, you know, and especially Jameson being the one who is touting this like Peter Parker thing, is that uh, you, you miss out on and even in this movie I was kind of in the back of my head hoping for hints that you know, Peter Parker would, like he does in every iteration, work for the Daily Bugle or intern there or something like that or start off taking pictures because that's such a fun element when mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. like working alongside, he's in the office as Jameson is screaming about the scourge of Spider-Man and Peter is there selling him pictures and he is secretly Spider-Man. The devil you know. Yeah. Well, that's you kind of get a, you kind of get it because that. you get that kid, that like rich kid who's like Spider-Man's the best and he's like fuck Flash? you Flash. See, I yeah. want to know yeah. what what um, his reaction will be. So the other one that you didn't get to see, the one with the scrolls, right. perfect ending. Um, because the whole movie, you guys probably already talked to this. You're like, bye how art, the fuck, we love you. How bye do you, art, how sorry. do you, how do you fool, um, how do you fool like 
these the shield right like how how the fuck is this happening like yes you got snapped yes maybe you're in like a little bit more um naive so that reveal Hmm. that they were both scrolls like ben mendelson bringing him i was just like oh the moment it happened i was like that makes so much more sense now Of course you couldn't fool them. So the thing that we were talking about is yeah. now it's a question as to how long he's been Nick Fury. Do, is, does that the was a question that came out in the theater. Somebody asked me, they were like, so is, what is it, Mariah Hill? Or, like, Maria, Maria Hill, Maria Hill yeah. was she ever? Does Maria Hill right. even exist? Yeah, that's the question yeah. that got asked of me. And I was like, I think so. I think so, because I think that they are up making sword, right? Because you got shield, and now we've had this whole thing, and so now we are making sword uh, so that they can attack back when something like this happens again. So I think think that there's always been a Nick Fury. um, There's a few little hints. I'll just say this. Go back and listen to last week's pod if you haven't, and the section where we talk about it, because there are a few interesting hints throughout the entire MCU of when exactly it is that mm. Mar- that uh, the real Nick Fury yeah. swaps out and goes on this long vacation slash working vacation. Working vacation. Um, yeah, that's kind of... We go there, and let's go back and get those listens on that podcast up. Go and check that out. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. uh, let's wrap. Um, geek out of the zone.fm. Eh? No. Okay. Email <laughs> us, please. Um, Kirsten, Facebook thing. Kirsten says, like the page, join the group. And also with podcast, rate, review, subscribe. Read that. You have a good No, thing? that's another thing. That's a totally yeah, separate is, thing. I was oh, like, what is this? This in is here? internal work. Do those things that, that Bud said. Yep. Okay. And now here's another hello from another family of the podcast family. Hi, I'm Jenny West. And I'm Paul Pacino. We host... Sorry, sorry, sorry to go. Take two, take <laughs> two. Take two, take two, take two. <laughs> <laughs> this is the pod. That's our podcast. Thank you. Please listen to it. <laughs> it's called PJ Party Podcast. It comes out every week. And guess what? It's mostly a fun audio recap of the Afternoon Zone. Where we mainly talk about Vancouver Island stuff. Millennial thingerdoos. Cats. Ghosts. Plus, it's all the stuff we can't say on the radio. Like stuff about sex. And swears. And meme ghosts. PJ Party Podcast from thezone.fm slash podcast or wherever you get a podcast. Get all of our podcasts at uh, thezone.fm slash podcast. Kirsten, who's wandered away from the mic, where can we find you on the internet? I am at Kirsten James sometimes. And listen Just to her Google on the it. Weekend it. Zone on The Zone at 91.3. Mm-hmm. Art Aronson, Between the Stammers. This is a good art. I don't know if it's a good art. Impression. At Art Aronson. Uh, at, art, at Art Aronson on all socials and also Between socials. the Stammers, wherever you found this fine podcast. Paul Bacino, and uh, thank you very much to that guy who wrote that nice review and uh, mentioned um, one of my rants by name. It absolutely was not me who wrote that. Yeah, right. So thank you so much. <laughs> Come on, guys, build each other up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's there. Uh, DJ Boytano, Facebook, uh, Boytano913, Twitter and Instagram. I won't be here for the next two weeks, no! so... but. I- I am looking forward to listening to you and not hearing my own voice. <laughs> I'll tell you, for that one week that I missed, it was really fun and crazy to hear all this go on without, you know, me who's been here. So, yeah, that's going to But I've done be that fun. before, and I've been like, I would yell in my kitchen to you guys and be like, oh, yeah, they can't <laughs> respond. <laughs> uh, I'm Webmeister Bot on all socials. This has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast. Thanks for listening. <gasps> Bye! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.